Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to our second study time, considering the words of Jesus when he said that we were to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. What did he mean by strength? Well, we understand that to mean the body. And so, in our first time on this 17th teaching, or chapter 17, with all your strength, the body, we were talking about three processes that shape the reformation of my body. The first process, I take steps to retrain my body. So we talked about that last time. And now we come to the second of these processes. I trust the Holy Spirit to transform my body. Because although the reforming of my body must be something I choose and I walk in, God won't do it to me, but he will do it with me. So as I choose to walk in his ways, as I choose to put to death the deeds of the body, that opens the way for the Holy Spirit to do the work of transforming. So that's what we want to talk a little bit about now. I trust the Holy Spirit to transform my body. So we have been mentioning how significant Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 are in what we are talking about in this teaching. And when I think about the reality of the Holy Spirit transforming my body, these words from Romans 6.13 come to mind. Present yourselves to God. Present yourselves to God. This is primary. We present our whole being to God, to our Creator. So what do I do? I, I'm aware that there is a law of sin residing in my members, in my body. And I am told by Scripture that Christ came to break the power of that sin, of that law, of that reality. But how do I do that? I don't have the strength in myself to do it. I try to do it. When I try to do it, I fail. I summon up more self-will. I fail. I try to get even more self-will. I fail again. In the end, I end up in defeat and despair. What do I do? Well, Paul is telling us the first thing we do, we present our whole being to our Creator. We come before God and we say, Oh God, I am now going to present my whole being to you. Learning how to present ourselves to God. What does it mean to present yourselves to God? How do we do that? Well, that also takes us back, as we said in our last time together, to some of the chapters in this study on maturing toward holiness in the inner life that we've already covered. For example, we had a whole chapter or a whole teaching on chapter 5, practicing God's presence. As I learn to live in God's presence, I am transformed. So how am I transformed? Not by my willpower. I am transformed by living in God's presence. Now, living in God's presence is something I have to choose. But I don't do it. The Holy Spirit does it. Presenting my whole being to God includes presenting my bodily members to God, Romans 6.13. This may require healing. 
So that takes us back to another previous chapter, previous teaching in our series, chapter 7, Inner Healing. So as I desire to and choose to present my whole being to God, that also includes presenting my bodily members to God. But in order to be able to do that, that might require healing. So obedience must be learned. Obedience is not something I do by my willpower. Now, follow me on this, dear friends. There is a lot of teaching that we will hear, and and I, I want to be really careful in what I say here because I'm not trying in any way, shape, or form to dishonor anyone. But nothing ever changes until it becomes what it is. So there is... It is easy to hear teaching that tells us what we should do and then assumes that if we know what we should do, by our willpower, we have the power to do it. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And these chapters, Romans 6, 7, and 8, make it clear that that is the case, that we are not able to do it through willpower. How does it happen? It happens through the transforming of our person. And the ability to do that may well require healing. Saying no to destructive bodily behaviors and saying yes to presenting my members to God, this is what obedience is. So let's just review that. Surely, if I'm going to experience a life where healing opens the way for my maturing, and my maturing following the teachings of Christ results in me growing and maturing more and more into his likeness. Surely, if that is the case, surely if that is my experience, a foundational experience for me will be obedience. I will learn how to obey. So here's a definition of obedience. There are several definitions one could give. Here's a definition. Obedience is saying no to destructive bodily behaviors and saying yes to presenting my members or my bodily members to God. That's what obedience is. Romans 8.13, listen to the words of Paul. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So what does it mean to live according to the flesh? Well, it means I just go out into the material world with the damage that has taken place in my body and the other parts of my being, and I just do what's normal, what's natural, what comes to me. That's living according to the flesh. And the end result of that is death. I've got another option here that Paul is pointing to. By the Spirit, by means of the Spirit, relying on the Spirit, living in the presence of the Spirit, I allow the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the body. And the result of that is life, life with God, eternal life. So here's another definition of obedience. Are you ready? Obedience is teamwork. Well, who's on the team? Obedience is teamwork between heart and body. 
So here we begin to see the interplay between the different components of that person that Jesus mentioned when he responded to the question, what is the greatest commandment? Obedience is teamwork or interaction between the heart and the body. Heart decisions find expression in bodily actions. Heart decisions find expression in bodily actions. So the heart, the center of our will, the center of our choices, I have to choose to obey. The decisions of my heart find expression in what I do with my body. So obedience involves the decision of the heart, but it can't stop there. It's got to be a decision of the heart that is expressed in bodily actions. Obedience is essentially a bodily activity. It can't happen without the body. Here's another definition of obedience. Obedience is teamwork. Again, we got the idea of teamwork. Who's on the team now? Obedience is teamwork between my choices and the spirit. I choose to learn to obey. Worth repeating. Obedience must be learned. Obedience, we don't go directly from Jesus telling us this is a way to live to the ability to do it. We have to learn how to obey. We have to learn to become the kind of person who is able increasingly to obey. And that is involved in all that we've been teaching throughout this whole series of teachings on maturing toward wholeness in the inner life. Obedience is teamwork between my choices and the spirit. I choose to learn how to obey. I follow spiritual practices. I rely on God. The spirit reforms my body. Now, the spirit also reforms, of course, my heart and my soul and my mind. But the spirit does indeed reform or transform my body. The motivation to obey grows stronger as the fruits of obedience become sweeter. The ultimate fruit, a life characterized by the experience of God's love. So we start off, we choose to learn how to obey, but there's a lot involved in that that, to begin with, is not all that appealing. In fact, it's really hard. So we're going to fail. We need to get up and start again. Jesus is waiting for us. We can fall down a million times. He's still there waiting for us. We learn, we choose over and over again to learn how to obey. But our motivation to obey grows stronger as the fruits of obedience become sweeter. What is the ultimate fruit? Being with God, being with Jesus, knowing his love, living in his presence. That becomes such a powerful motivation that we are ready to do whatever it's necessary to uh, grow in it. What did Jesus say? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, 
I think it's really important that we understand what Jesus is saying there. So let me review that one more time with you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Don't hear Jesus say, I'm not going to love you unless you do what I tell you. So I'm telling you what to do. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm not going to love you. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, I want you to abide in my love. I want you to live in my love. How can you do that? You can do that by living according to the things that I'm teaching you. The things that I'm teaching you are the way of life. You must choose the way of life. The fruit of the way of life is living in my love. I have done this with my father. He has shown me the way to life, and I have lived in what he has taught me. As I have obeyed the commandments of my father, now you obey my commandments, and the fruit of that, the result of that will be that you will abide in my love. So that's the second process. I present myself to God. I present the parts of my body to God for him to transform them. Now here's the third process. I honor and care for my body. I have to choose to honor my body and I have to choose to care for my body. What does that have to do with being transformed into the likeness of Christ? Contrary to punishing my body, I honor my creator by honoring my body. It's not hard to find teaching in this fallen, dark, material world that would lead us to hate the body, to despise the body, to treat the body with contempt. When we treat our body with contempt or dishonor, we actually dishonor its creator. God actually created our bodies. God actually likes our bodies. He has respect for our bodies. He sees our bodies as things that are of great value. So we have been given stewardship of our bodies. My body doesn't belong to me. I didn't create it. When I'm young, I'm unable to care for it. As I age, I'm increasingly unable to care for it. All kinds of things happen to it that I have no control over. My body was created by my creator, but he gave me responsibility to be the steward of my body. So my responsibility is to care for my body and to honor my creator in doing so. Let me just mention four areas. We could mention more, but let me mention four areas where I honor and care for my body. Rest, food, stress, and medical care. Let's talk for a minute about rest. I am responsible to give my body the rest it needs. How much physical illness is caused by stressed out bodies driven by chaotic souls? Now that we've expressed that as a question, let me state it as a statement. Much physical illness, how much? I don't know how much, but much physical illness is caused by stressed out bodies. How did those bodies get stressed out? They're driven by chaotic souls and the chaotic souls around us. So brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by chaotic souls. We have to choose not to let those chaotic souls 
govern how we treat our bodies, but rather let God and the teachings of Jesus govern how we treat our bodies. A rested body is a vital prerequisite for practicing God's presence. It is hard to focus on God when I am falling asleep. So we talked about this when we talked about the practice of solitude. Solitude, a day of solitude, begins the night before by getting a good night's rest. So I enter the day of solitude uh, rested and able to hear and to interact with the presence of God. Rest is central to the principle of Sabbath. What is, what is Sabbath all about? God worked, then he rested. We ought to do likewise. We ought to work. We ought to rest. We need to learn how to work. We need to learn how to rest. God invites us to enter with him into his rest. Okay, let's just say a word about food. I am responsible to give my body the food that it needs, not too little, not too much, and the kinds of food that will nourish, strengthen, and protect it. Food, part of honoring and caring for our body. Next point, stress. I am responsible to moderate the call of compulsivity-driven activity all around me. Much stress is inflicted on the body by striving for significance. So this is just one insight that we could give many others. What happens to us? We went away from God. It left us empty. It left us searching for significance. We try to gain and earn significance by what we do. That causes us to stress out our bodies. God's answer, come to me, let my love meet your need for significance. Medical care. I am responsible to take the medical needs of my body seriously and make provision for their care. Denial is not an effective response. How easy it is for us to go into denial about the medical needs of our body. Here's a summary statement of all that we've been saying from Romans chapter 7. The words of Paul, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you came to save us. You came to save our souls. But you also came to save and deliver our bodies to restore them to the condition that you had in mind for them in creation. Lord, thank you. We want to come now, Lord Jesus, and bring to you our whole being, including our bodies. And we want to say, come Holy Spirit, teach us the way to honor and care for our body. Teach us the way that our body is transformed that it might be a housing, a vehicle for Christ-likeness to be lived out on this earth. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name, amen.